Good afternoon. Thank you once again for joining me for Business, the Law and You. Julian Campbell here. We've got another interesting show lined up for you this week. As usual, we'll have our Harvard Business Review tip and later on we'll be talking about if you've made a bad decision, act fast. We're also going to have a chat with Christina. We're going to look at the, the story of Netflix. But right now we're going to have a chat with Dawn Lewis, who's the owner of a multifaceted craft business and a professional vlogger. Good afternoon, Dawn. Good afternoon, Julian. Nice to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on such a wet day. Well, at least I'm in the dry. (laughs) So I suppose the first question is, what is vlogging all about and how did you get into it? Well, just like blog is shorthand for a web log, vlog is shorthand for a video log. So I kind of never got bit by the travel bug, but I got bit by the video bug when I first started uh, filming some segments for a paper crafting show here in Australia called Scrap It TV. Um, I'd been teaching at my local scrapbooking store, and then when the television show went to air, I realised I could teach lots more people on a much larger scale with video. So, so how do you, you use uh, video in your business? Well, I have a kind of a threefold approach to using video in my business. The first is I have a YouTube channel. So um, my 15-year-old daughter is quite over the moon that mummy's a YouTuber. Um, and I create video tutorials. And I do craft tutorials for people who have taken classes with me and want to learn a little bit more, perhaps master the basics, but also for my customers in my online retail store to show them how to use the products that they're actually buying from me. So that's a pre-recorded and edited video which creates kind of a library on YouTube. Um, The other way that I use video is through Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook Live videos um, and Facebook Live is not for the faint of heart. I mean, Mm. if something can go wrong, it will go wrong, but you kind of just got to roll with it and I'm happy to do that. So I let my customers know updates on when orders are being placed with my suppliers, when they're on their way, when they've arrived, create a bit of buzz about new releases. And the third way is that I do live unboxings and my customers love that because it's like Christmas. You get to see what's in the shop. <laughs> so, so I believe you can also uh, get a two-way conversation with these uh, f- uh, Facebook videos. Yeah, you can. When you're doing a live video, there and there are a few different platforms to do that now. I use Facebook Live because that's where my customers are hanging out with me on my Facebook page, but you can also do live video on Instagram or Periscope. There's quite a few that pop up and disappear, but they're my probably my favourite three for live video. And when you're doing a live video, you can actually see when people are watching, you can see how many people are watching, and they can type in a comment, and you can see it and answer them live. Or if you're explaining something and they don't understand, they can ask you to explain it a little better or to see something from a different angle. So you can actually talk back and forth with um, the people who are watching you. It's very cool. So, so is it, can you almost like, sell? Is it like having a, you know, the customers in front of you and you're selling your product? Yeah, you absolutely can. When I do a live unboxing video, uh, pretty much every time without fail, someone sees a set come out of the box and all of a sudden they realise they have to have it and they can ask me live, hey, I want that. Is there a spare? Can you put one aside for me? And I make a little note and I can put that aside for them and then invoice them for it later. So, So what have you found is the key to creating a good marketing video? 
Look, um, I actually find there are three really key points to having a, a video that's going to work well as a marketing tool for you. The first uh, thing that you need to do is to create really good content. The content needs to serve a purpose. There needs to be something in it for the viewer as well as something in it for you. So you can't just go, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. You have to tell them mm. what's in it for them. So um, when you are creating great content, people will want to watch more and more and more of your videos, which makes it you know, a fantastic marketing tool. People will subscribe to, to watch more of what you have on offer. Um, the second one I'd say is consistency. And when I say consistency, I'm, I mean that in three different ways. You need to be consistent in how frequently you post um, because if you say you're going to do a Facebook Live every Wednesday at 3, you'd better be there every Wednesday at 3 sure. because that means you're a person of your word and it builds, you know, a, a level of trust with um, you and your customer, your client. Um, the second way I'm talking about consistency is a way that it looks. So you need to create a good branding across your videos. So for on YouTube, you do that with thumbnails and keep sort of a formula happening with your with your videos as well. So, uh, I mean, uh, you, you've talked uh, about uh, frequently posting. Um, do you do the same with your uh, YouTube channel? Are you frequently posting on there as well? Yeah, the more frequently you can, well, the more regularly. So not necessarily frequent. I mean, you have to do what's going to work for you. How frequently can you video? Um, how often can you post? So if um, I, I like to post a video weekly, and sometimes things, life gets in the way and things fall down, and that's okay. But And I took a few months off when I was ill uh, after posting very, very consistently once a week for my customers and when I was able to start posting again the first comment was we missed you so people are going to look for your content once they become used to consuming it on a very regular basis um, I try to Facebook live maybe three times a week and uh, post on YouTube once a week so uh, I've played around with videos. I don't know whether I would say I was an expert at it. And one of the challenges I've often had is I have to set up my garage with floodlights and I have a, I have a green background. So have you got some tips for uh, people who want to start out and make videos? Yeah, I absolutely do. And um, one of my first tip is actually the third part of making your video really good, and that's planning out your content in advance. So um, by planning and being organized in advance, you can actually save yourself an enormous amount of time through the entire process because making a video is quite a, a lengthy process. So if you were to film one video once a week and you spend, say, 10 minutes setting up and 10 minutes packing down and you do that every week or over a month, that's going to cost you 80 minutes in time. But if you have your content planned out in advance and you know what your next four videos are going to be, you spend 10 minutes setting up, you film, quick change, film, quick change, film, quick and you do your whole four videos and then pack down, you've just saved an hour of packing up and setting down. So, you know, setting up and packing down. So it's um, planning out in advance is, is one of my top tips. Um, I'd also say there's a few really simple things that people don't think of often. The first is clean your camera lens. There's nothing worse than checking your video later and going, wow, why does that look so strange? Make sure there's no fingerprints on your yeah. uh, camera lens. Um, look directly down the lens. It's really tempting because we film on our phones and, and there are screens everywhere. It's tempting to look at yourself to make sure you're doing the right thing, but you've got to look down the lens because that's where your person is, the person who's watching you on video. And uh, any particular uh, equipment I should be using? Well, I say the best camera that to use is the one that you already know how to use. 
so many times people will buy fancy new equipment and if you don't know how to use it, then you're not going to make the videos. Um, filming with your phone, I mean, phones are so amazing now that you can create videos with your phone. Um, I started with a point-and-shoot camera after I graduated from, no word of a lie, a camcorder with tapes. Mm. So I just graduated. When I got a new phone, I learned how to use the video and, and so I just keep graduating. I've just got a little handheld uh, digital video camera now that I got from Officeworks for 50 bucks, and it does a magnificent job. So uh, obviously you're uh, getting some good results from v-blogging. V- v- v-logging. I do. I, I, I love it because I love to teach and uh, my customers love it because they can talk to me and they can get a little sneak peek behind the scenes in my business. Well, thanks for your time, Dawn, and maybe we'll have a chat again another time. My pleasure. Thanks so much for having me, Julian. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Dawn Lewis there, uh, helping us with vlogging and getting used to these videos. It's definitely the way of the future, especially with Facebook Live. Time to pop over to have a chat with Christina. Good afternoon, Christina. Good afternoon, Julian. How are you on this rainy day? Yeah, it's not one fine day, is it? We'll have another fine day next week sometime. Yeah, I'm sure we will. Um, We, We need to welcome the weather anyway. Now, you, you were, had a great uh, trip over to Boston and a conference there, and, and I believe you uh, had a great uh, experience discussion with uh, the CEO of, the, of Netflix. So let's have a look at the story of Netflix. So, yeah, very interesting story. Um, Mark Randolph, quite a remarkable man. Started, like, you know how we talk about pitching and, and, and how mm. to engage people in stories? So he actually gave a, gave a talk at the Boston Innovation um, Conference, but I was also very lucky enough just to speak to him afterwards. Um, but the whole idea was that he, he spoke to people as Mark Randolph, as a human being, as somebody who had had many failures. So one of the first things he said was he had started seven companies, only one of them was successful. And one of his main messages was nobody knows anything. You know, nobody really can assure you that something is going to work, just as they can't say to you that will never work. Mm. So one of his main messages um, in everything was just take a risk, do something. So quite a remarkable story about Netflix. Um, and in the beginning, as, as some people know, others, other people don't, uh, he, they, only, they decided to only deal in DVDs uh, and they tested a theory out where they were going to post a DVD to somebody. So they went, grabbed a DVD, put it in the mail. Um, it realised that it could get there within a day, 24-hour period. Um, and so this is that was the beginning of Netflix, you know, and a series of iterations later meant that they were actually in debt to the tune of $50 million. So oh. after a period of time, they were... I mean, how can you sleep when you're $50 million <laughs> in debt? Um but, so what they did, they, they again, so in line with his theory about do something, take a risk, they hired a Learjet. And we, like one of the comments was, how can you hire a Learjet when you're $50 million in debt? And his response was, why not hire a Learjet when you're $50 million? What's the $10,000 to hire a Learjet when you're you know, $50 million in debt? Yeah. So they, they took this Learjet, they went and had a meeting with Blockbuster. So Blockbuster had, had agreed to the meeting they were nowhere near um, the Blockbuster office. That's why they had to hire the Learjet. The group of them went over. They walked into to Blockbuster, put the proposal on the table, said, "We're doing DVD by you know by mail. Um, David, you know, if you want want to stay ahead of the game, buy our business." Blockbuster mm. were interested, um, and Blockbuster said to them, "How much?" And they said, "Guess fifty million. <laughs> yeah, fifty million dollars." Blockbuster, of course, went. There's oh, wow. the door. See you later. 
anyway, they walked out of there um, determined to kick Blockbuster's ass, which was his other main message to everybody, that, it, you know, it's that constant resilience, that cost, constant persistence and that drive mm. that will help you um, conquer... You know those days when Challenges. you just feel like crawling into the yeah, and you feel like crawling into the fetal position and and just giving up. Mm. It's okay to do that as long as you get back up again and and you know put your best foot forward and then go and and do what it is that you really want to do. So he actually quoted um, Nolan Bushnell, who is the the, the gaming you know gaming mm. maestro, and he's you know one of his quotes from um, Nolan Bushnell was. Everyone who has ever taken a shower has had an idea. It's the person who gets out of the shower, dries off, does something about it that makes a difference. Anyway, they walked out of the Blockbuster blockbuster meeting and they remodelled the business. They went, you know what, no more late fees, no more, um, we're not going to, we don't want to be the storehouse for all these DVDs. So that's when they introduced, uh, we, you know, push it forward sort of thing. So they didn't, yeah, they no longer had to hold a warehouse full of all these DVDs that were for sale, etc. So they constantly iterated and constantly found their feet um, in this industry, realised they had a great product and, and the rest in, you know, in, in, to, to use a cliche, it's the rest history. is history. Yeah, but, you know, very much he, he, somebody, he was telling a story about how he had painted his daughter's bedroom on the weekend and when it came to question time, somebody said, why did you paint your daughter's bedroom? You know, you can you can afford to have it. He said, because that's who I am. That's what I like. I like getting my hands down and dirty. And he said, at the end of the day, I'm just like you. I took a risk. I took seven risks. Six of them didn't happen. One of them did. Yeah. You know, and it was just that persistence and drive and, and determination to get through. So, again, you know, we hear this resilience, persistence picture um, that we know is so common. I, I, I speak to so many small businesses and they often say, I don't know whether I want to do this because I don't know whether it's going to work. I just oh. wonder how many ideas disappear because of that. I, I, I'm sure there, there are countless of ideas that disappear. I'm sure there's a lot of people um, who, you know, you often hear stories also of success potentially was just around the corner, yeah. but they didn't have the energy. And that's just as just as much reason to change your lifestyle you know some you just some people just don't want to do it anymore and that's perfectly understandable um but you really do need that that almost that dogmaticness you know to to push through um but yeah he you know he was a he was a really good example of we're 50 million dollars in the in debt let's just hire the lead jet to to go to blockbuster and you know and potentially do this deal and so many of our well-known successes have been in those sort of position yeah they have you know and, and Again, it's that it's that. How do I think outside of what I'm doing? How do I iterate? How do I change? So yeah. they came out of the meeting. Clearly, clearly, they didn't no longer wanted to deal with the with the um, with the sales issue. They thought things would be much easier if they weren't selling, yeah. because it was almost in competition with what they were doing as well. You know, yeah. rent or rent or sell. Um, and they went clearly straight into that. They narrowed their focus. They niche their audience. They went straight down the down the line of we're only going to do rentals and we're going to get rid of um, late fees. Mm. And that opened up a whole new market to them as well. Right. Well, thanks for your time again, Christina. We'll have a chat again next week. Look forward to it, Johnny, and talk to you then. Okay, bye. Bye. Christina there with what an interesting story Netflix is. And, of course, there's just so many of those successful people. Really wasn't overnight success, was it? It's time for a couple of Harvard Business Review tips. First one, if you made a bad decision, act fast. 
No one likes to make a bad decision. Maybe you hired the wrong person, took a job that wasn't good fit, or launched a new product that no one seemed to want. When you realise you've made a mistake, act fast. It's far better for your career to accept the loss now rather than dragging it out and wasting even more resources. Think carefully about how you might make the situation better. You may not need to pull the plug completely. For example, if you hired the wrong person for the job, but she has the right attitude, she may be open to training to improve her skills. But some problems require drastic, decisive action. If you absolutely hate your new job after a month, you may want to resign immediately so that the company can make an offer to another candidate. Once you've taken action, reflect on what happened. Could the problem realistically have been avoided? Sometimes the answer is no, but other times, if you're honest with yourself, you could have prevented the situation. Take the time to understand where you went wrong so you don't make the same mistake twice. Well, that's an interesting point, isn't it? And we all make wrong decisions from time to time. Change it fast. Well, thank you for being with me for the last half hour. We've I hope you've enjoyed the program. We've looked at vlogging uh, and, the, and the big value of videos to our business these days. The story of Netflix, which all of those ones are, are uh, thought-provoking and motivating, aren't they? In a moment, Jane Klein will be back with you with more of her easy listening favourites. Next week, we'll be back with our Minute on Innovation with Christina and some more business and legal news and views that might affect your business. I'd love your company again for Business, the Law and You at the same time next week. Until then, have an exciting and prosperous week. And as Muhammad Ali once said, Impossible is just a big word thrown about by small-minded people who find it easier to live in the world they've been given rather than explore the power they have to change it. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.